If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Hour two of Follow the Money. Remember, First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to $1,000 bonus. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Stormy Bond and Tony and Sean King back filling in for Mitch and Paul's. They get some well-deserved rest and relaxation. Um, excited to turn the page to some college football here in hour two as we welcome in Bill Bender of the sports of the Sporting News, college football writer at Bill Bender 92. And you are out there at SEC Media Days in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame right now. How have things been going for you out there? Oh, my editor's out there. Yeah, I'll be uh, at Big Ten next week, but I, I'm just coming off vacation. So you guys are my Ooh. first uh, interview since. We were at Niagara Falls all weekend, so hopefully I sound okay. Uh, it was a lot of fun going there, but, uh, you know, now that I'm back, it's it's ready to get into it, right? And it's officially college football season with the SEC kicking off this week. Yes, absolutely. And I think when... When we're talking SEC and obviously all the media coverage that's going on out there in Atlanta right now, you think of immediately the haves and the have-nots. Bill, to you, does this feel like it's another one of those college football seasons where it's going to be very chalky at the top yet again with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world taking over? Man, it's, it's crazy to think in a sport with a 131-team story that uh, I really think only four teams could win it. I, if you gave me a Four teams, I would say Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, 
and I would throw Clemson in there with their defense. I, I don't think there's another team that could win a national championship this year. And I could be wrong, and hopefully I am wrong, because it's like you're watching the same movie or the same TV show rerun over and over and over again, because I think those are the four best teams in the country. Maybe Notre Dame as the fifth, but I mean that, and they play Ohio State on the road in week one. You know, it's interesting, Bill, because I kind of have a different opinion on this. I think Alabama and Ohio State are the real deal. Clemson has major issues at quarterback. If DJ is anything like he was last year, I think Clemson's going to lose, you know, three games again. Georgia, to me, is going to be fascinating because what Kirby has done to get this program to where they were at the end of last year, winning the national championship, is completely, unbelievably impressive. However, Bill... This is the first time they've had this kind of mass exodus of talent to the NFL and multiple staff turnover at the same time. Now, Alabama's proven under Nick, it doesn't matter who we lose to the NFL, it doesn't matter who's coaching, we're the same. This is the first time Georgia's going to have to jump over this hurdle. I'm fascinated to see if they can do it. Yeah, LSU couldn't do it a couple years ago. Right. You bring up a good point. Remember, they had... Brady, Joe Brady, Dave Aranda, they left. I think it was 15 guys go to the NFL, at least starting with Joe Burrow, obviously. I mean, most of the talent that went was on the offensive side, and I guess Georgia, most of the talent, obviously, the, was on the defensive side. They still have a lot of guys back. I, I'm pretty. I'm still not sure there's an, another roster in the SEC East that can beat them. I know there's a lot of hype. I, I don't know what the, have to be how the odds have shifted with Tennessee, but a lot of people like them as a preseason sleeper around Hendon Hooker and that offense that they're going to have. So, But I still think you know, it's tough for me to pick anybody but Georgia in the SEC East, and I'm certainly not picking anybody but Alabama knowing that, like you said, they're the real deal, probably because they've got 10 of the top 50 players in the country on their roster. They do, and uh, I'm slightly... Uh... I, I was trying to decide Tennessee and Kentucky. I, I like Will Levis. I like Hendon Hooker. I ultimately went with Kentucky to win the SEC East just because of Stoops' experience in the conference. I think Josh Heupel, they have a year of film on him now. He's got to prove it to me in year two. But then I went back and rewatched Kentucky-Georgia. And that's a ball game last year, and it was in Athens. And so I, I picked Kentucky to win the SEC East. We'll see if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Well, you know, the thing I like about Kentucky, and I remember that game last year, is Will Levis played well against the best defense in the country. Now, they lost their offensive coordinator. Um, they lost a couple of players like Wondell Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're going to be solid on both sides of the ball because of how Mark Stoops has been able to recruit both to the north and the south. They're, they're situated in an interesting position. If I was picking somebody to win the SEC, if you said I can't pick Georgia, I would probably pick Kentucky, too, just because of that uh, solid program that Mark Stoops has built there. Now, you mentioned that you're going to be heading out to Big Ten Media Days here next, Bill. And obviously, there's been a lot of news around the conference. And USC and UCLA coming up in a couple years will be joining the Big Ten. We joked off air, hey, well, they have a couple representatives that make their way out there right now. What are your expectations for the league this year, though, ahead of what is impending seismic change that we've seen year after year in college football? Well, I think it's 
Ohio State and everyone else this year. And that's it's normally like that anyway, but especially this year, when you look at the offense they have coming back, C.J. Stroud and Trevion Henderson and Jackson Smith-Jigba and Marvin Harrison, and I could go on for five more minutes <laughs> on all the skill position talents that they have, um, they're going to be tough to beat. And they get Notre Dame at home in the opener and Michigan at home at the end of the year, and that Michigan game is going to be huge. I mean, most of the on-field storylines typically revolve around Ohio State and Michigan, and, and we're right back there. Um, can the Wolverines do it again? You know, it's interesting because I think Michigan has takes a major step back. I just think what they lost on defense, little John B. Hutchinson and Daxon Hill, they're going to – they're going to have to rebuild slightly. They haven't recruited at a level where they have those kind of guys waiting in the wings, in my opinion. Can I sell you on Braylon Allen and Wisconsin if Graham Mertz just becomes a functional quarterback? Can I sell you on Wisconsin to make the Big Ten championship game? And in a one-and-done in a year where Ohio State has some question marks on the offensive line and definitely some question marks on defense, and I agree with you, C.J. Stroud's real deal, and Jackson Smith – and Jigma, I think, is a Heisman guy. I think he's that good. But can I sell you on some 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 whiskey badgers? I, I think they can win the West, certainly. Uh, uh, but it's it's a big if with Graham Mertz. Right. He has to come through. I mean, he's had chance after chance. And I've seen Wisconsin win, cruise through the West and get to Indy, and then they, they get to Ohio State, and Ohio State has that five or six guys on the field that they can't stop. And, you know, the Big Ten West champion still hasn't won the Big Ten championship game. And the last three or four, I think the last four games, the average margin of victory is like 24 points. They've been blowouts. So, uh, yeah, you can sell me on Wisconsin getting to Indy, but it, again, it's, if they play Ohio State, I think I just don't think they match up well. And uh, your point about Jackson Smith-Jigba is right on money. I mean, he's a guy that if you're betting on a Heisman candidate and you want some good odds, I mean, he, he, I, I haven't seen a receiver like him. I don't have a comparison for him is what I'm trying to say. He's, he's just a unique talent at the position that I haven't seen. Smith and Jigba, 25 to 1 odds uh, in the Heisman Trophy market. C.J. Stroud, who you talked about as being the real deal, is the favorite, of course. Last year, we saw so many players that had such high expectations in the Heisman market that were talked about so much that went on to either lose their jobs or get injured. It's incredible the volatility that we saw last year. And we've seen, honestly, uh, quite a few years where it's not always the favorites that come through. But if there was one that did, who would you think would be more likely between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young? Um, You know, I think Bryce Young's almost getting undervalued a little bit because most people are pushing C.J. Stroud. This is a competition between these two that's going to go into next year's NFL draft. Um, you know, for those that saw Bryce Young play in the college football championship game and he struggled in the second half when Jamison Williams went down, go watch the SEC championship game where he completely dominated. I think he's just going to be in position to have really good numbers. Now, if I was picking a Heisman winner, I might go with Stroud just because of all those names I mentioned around him, just because I think they're going to be a 40 plus point offense. And yes, they have some offensive line issues that like Sean mentioned, but he, he'll be able to get the ball out quick to these receivers. They're going to have mismatches all the way across the perimeter. 
And I keep forgetting about Travion Henderson, who's a guy that could rush for 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns. They're, they're going to be really good on that side of the ball. Travion Henderson, 35 to 1 himself in the Heisman Trophy market. The, the third shortest favorite is Caleb Williams at 7 to 1. And to me, I could never place this bet because I don't think that I could see USC making it to the playoff, right? And that's usually how these things work is they go hand in hand. And what are your expectations for USC? Are you as as high on Caleb Williams in this new Lincoln-Riley scenario as many people appear to be coming into the season? What what might prompt me to push that ticket over, though, that 31-5-1 ticket is, remember, uh, Lincoln had two Heisman winners at Oklahoma, obviously, with uh, Kyler and, and Baker Mayfield. and and they, but you're right. Those teams got to the playoffs. They would have to get to the playoffs and, and get to the Pac-12 championship game at the least. I mean, we were talking about Caleb Williams as a Heisman candidate after two starts at Oklahoma midway through the season last year. That was a conversation that was being had. So, I mean, the talent's there. The, the skill position talent around him is really good. You get Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, uh, Travis Dye. Um, good put up big numbers. I, I think... I think he'll be a Heisman Trophy finalist, but I'm not sure that, like you said, without that playoff berth and the things that come with it, I don't know that he can win a uh, win a Heisman. But, I, I mean, he'll be right there in the mix. Only 15 seconds left, Bill. My dark horse is Malik Cunningham. Louisville finishes the season at Clemson, NC State, at Kentucky, who have went in the SEC East. Don't fall asleep on the Louisville quarterback. He's throwing for 3,000, rushing 4,000 this year. Yeah, Don't sleep on him. And, and he's he's really good. Yeah, he's not a good he's not a bad pick at all. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the time. Hey, no problem. Thank you, guys. More follow the money when we come back. Don't go anywhere. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing dirty sports scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Sports Betting Network. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and new customers can bet $5 on any team and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Don't wait. This exclusive offer ends soon. Download the app and use the promo code YES, Y-E-S, when you sign up. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or 877-8-HOPPENY. Available to play in select states. Must be 21. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for full details. Back here on Follow the Money, Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King with you live from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. Great conversation with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. And we talked a lot about the Heisman Trophy market. Mm -hmm. And obviously, SEC Media Days are underway as we speak from Atlanta, Georgia, at the College Football Hall of Fame. And something interesting Nick Saban had to say when he was on the podium, he was asked about having these two key players on both sides of the ball. You've got Bryce Young and the impact that he makes, and then you've got Will Anderson defensively and the caliber of player that he has. Really liked his answer at the podium. I don't like to compare players, but um, to have two players that make such a significant impact on our team as those two guys... I don't recall ever having a circumstance like that. We've had some great impact players, but um, never one on this on offense, one on defense of, you know, the caliber that these guys have been able to play uh, on a consistent basis. But I think probably bigger than that is the impact that they have on the players around them. Uh, these guys set a great example. Um, they're uh, players that other people on our team can emulate in a positive way because of the example that they set. Um, these guys are very serving to their teammates in terms of, you know, they really do care about helping other people for their benefit. Um, 
So these guys have not only been great players, they've contributed from a leadership standpoint uh, probably as significantly as uh, any leaders that we've had. I think that's really telling for Nick Saban to acknowledge how important those two guys are. And it's also evidenced on the odds board to have two Alabama players, one on each side of the ball in the top five of the Heisman Trophy odds here. You have Bryce Young plus 350 and then Will Anderson 20 to one. He was as high as 45 to one. I want to say about a month ago. And we talked on my show, my guys in the desert about, um, I want to say two or three weeks ago, he was down to 25 to one. I was like, I think this number is going to keep shrinking. It is really impressive stuff there. I mean, phenomenal player. Um, if the quarterbacks falter in the conversation for top pick in the draft, definitely in top five selection. Unbelievable talent, unbelievable leader. I mean, he's really, really, really good. I'm a big fan of Will Anderson. He finished fifth in the voting last year, um, led the country in sacks, second in quarterback pressures. He's going into his junior season. I think the sky could really be the limit. And with, with, with Nick Saban, though, he's not usually the type of guy that – calls out individual players and, you know, dives into how important they are. But to see that they're obviously so physically gifted and talented on the football field, but talking about their leadership qualities and stuff, Nick Saban doesn't usually do that. He doesn't. And I think that speaks to how special, yeah. you know, he thinks Bryce Young and Will Anderson are as people, you know, that they've done things the right way from day one. They've been bought in fully. You know, they're the guys that make sure the rest of the guys are doing what they're supposed to do. You know, Alabama's going to be everything that people think Georgia was on defense last year. Alabama's that good this year. Like, they have almost every woman turning. You know, of course, they lost uh, Mechie and, and, and Jamison at receiver, but, you know, they lost Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle the year before at receiver. And <laughs> it's just kind of they, they have guys. So, now I'm excited to see them this year. I think they'll be really good. I can't wait to see uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, get off the plane in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> And, and, and Nick teach him a valuable what lesson. What is that going to be oh, I like? I can't wait. Because, I, I mean, wait. you know, they, they've got all this confidence coming in from getting the win last year. Alabama's going to be pissed. They're oh, all yeah. going to be ticked off. Oh, yeah. And, and, and A&M, to me, is still a year away. Okay. And that's if Max Johnson takes the next step. And Jimbo's done a good job developing quarterbacks. So Max Johnson was at LSU last year. He's most likely going to be the starter at A&M. But, but they're young in some other areas, so – they're talented, but but they're young. So I think AM's a year away. I think Bama's gonna teach them a lesson. <laughs> we'll see. Uh you mentioned a name on the Heisman Trophy odds board that you liked. I'm gonna throw a name at you that is a very long shot. Okay. Eighty to one odds. Mm-hmm. Cam Rising, Utah Utes. He's a good player. Um because of the style of play that Kyle Whittingham, you know, kind of likes his teams to play under. I don't know statistically. He's going to be able to put up the numbers to win it just because you got to think C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and they're going to go bananas statistically. You know, then you got some other really good quarterbacks out there. We know we mentioned Hendon Hooker, Will Levis. Like, it's a deep quarterback class, but I do like Cam Rising. I'll tell you this, though. I just don't think that at 80-1, to I think that number is way too big. Yeah, I agree. But I'll tell you this. Can anything in the Pac-12 shine in 2022 with what happened preceding this season with SC and UCLA leaving. 
So I think yes, because the Pac-12 is still what it is, like you said, for the next couple of years. And USC is getting all of the shining light and even in the odds market. And maybe, yes, a good chunk of that has to do with liability, people wanting to bet all this money on Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and what's to come um, without really realizing how terrible that defense is still going to be, neither here nor there. I think that in the Pac-12, it still runs through Salt Lake City. And the reason that I like Cam Rising so much and the reason that I like this youth squad, they are bringing back so much. Mm -hmm. And he has built up so much chemistry I look back to last season and think so much about what could have been if he was named the starter week one. Yeah, they probably he undefeated. Yeah, he started. So they were one and two to start the year. He came in week four. They went nine and one after that, including two dominating wins over Oregon when they were ranked in the top ten for both of those. Didn't games. Cam get hurt in the bowl game against Ohio State? Um, I don't. It wasn't like an injury. injury. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. more like a tweak. That kind of sticks out in my mind. On that stage, Ugh. that platform with CJ. How incredible and was he Smith. in that game, though? I know. They went blow for blow. For a while. <laughs> up until it was a three point game. Yeah, I know. But they were up 20 something. It was, oh, uh, man. But I mean, Cam had nearly 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, only five picks. 80 to one is worth a shot. 80 to one. I love it. And this is a team where, as I said about USC, I don't see them being a team that could make the playoff. And I don't want to bet in on Kalen Williams at 7-1 to one at such a short number. I think if there is a dark horse Pac-12 team that could make the playoff, it would be the Utah Utes. I got you. Call me crazy. I'm not. I'm, you're not crazy. Uh, you're not crazy. I'm not buying any stock in USC. I actually think they're going to lose week three to Fresno State. I can't wait to see my guy Jake Hayner. Fresno State's better than people Jake think. Jake Hayner and Jalen uh, Cropper get there. Oh, man, it's going to be a show. And Fresno State is so happy to have Jake Hayner back mm -hmm. because all the stuff about him entering the going transfer portal. Yeah. Yep, he was going to follow his old coach, but ends up and coming back. Jeff Tedford's Jeff Tedford. back. Yeah, so I, I like Fresno to beat USC in week three, but I just think the Pac-12 nationally is not going to get any credit. Even if it's deserved, I don't think they're going to give Utah their just due. First of all, they're out of sight, out of mind to most of the country. But I'll tell you this, Stormy. If the Utah Athletic Department decides to invest in Cameron Rising like a Heisman campaign where they pay for a billboard in New York City, like introduce him to the national. Uh, he looks kind of like Kylo Ren. Yeah, Maybe yeah. use that to your advantage. If they, if they do that, then he has a <laughs> shot. But if they think that he's going to win it, or they're going to get in just based on No, you resume. have to market it. Yeah, they're going to have to market it. But I also think that there's a lot of potential to put themselves on the map after what happened in the Rose Bowl last year and starting off week one against Florida. That's a real opportunity mm -hmm. game right out the gate for them. Yeah. I wish people thought Florida was going to be better because then it would be a really, really yeah, I agree. big opportunity. But people are kind of down on Florida this year. They think uh, they love the head coach, but they think he's got a full rebuild there. Mm -hmm. It'll certainly look worse for Utah if they lose than look good for them if they win. Right. But I still think it's a, it's an important critical game that they and have to go out and it's a dangerous game. If Anthony Richardson can stay healthy from mm -hmm. start to finish, I mean, this is a dangerous game for them. Pac-12 is going to be really interesting. I just feel terrible for George Klyovkov, the commissioner, <laughs> and all this stuff talking about. I remember so vividly like maybe a month and a half ago where he was quoted as saying he's rooting for the Big Ten in their media rights deal because it's going to set the stage for the Pac-12 media rights deal and just look at how that league has got gutted. The if way you're Utah, though, you have to be trying to get to the Big 12. Yeah. And, you know, rekindle that 
rivalry with BYU. They're still on their upward climb. You know, yeah. they were a Mountain West school. But, now they're in the Pac-12. Now that, they're going to that the rivalry with Big BYU, who just yeah. went to the Big 12. I mean, it makes sense. Absolutely. I love that thought process. Yeah, because the Pac-12 is done. Ugh, I, do you think it's going to get gutted? Yeah. Like, fully? Yeah. I do, too. I mean, it really I only was sustainable it. because Man, of UCLA, USC. Those are my games, though, on ESPN. I'm the Pac-12 after dark, girl. What am I going to have? Um, we will continue plenty more college football talk throughout the course of the hour. We will dive into a lot more SEC as well. A great guest coming up here uh, in just a little bit at the end of this hour. But don't go anywhere. This is Follow the Money. Um, we're going to get into some NBA, too. Yeah, I need to know what's going on with Kevin Durant. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Chris King, one of the lead cappers over at Winter and Winers, has been crushing it with his parlays lately. He recently hit six of seven parlays in one day and went into the All-Star break having won his clients. $5,798 over the previous four days. You need to jump on his parlay money train now, and they have an offer to entice you. If you use the promo code VSIN, CKPK50 at checkout, then you'll get any of his packages at 50% off. That's promo code VSIN, CKPK50 at checkout to get Chris's parlays at 50% off the normal price. Welcome back to follow the money. We're going to turn the page from college football to the NFL with training camps upon us here in short order. I am so excited for the NFL season to get underway. And being a 49ers fan, one of my favorite divisions that we get to talk about is the NFC West. And I'm very curious your opinion on the kind of stalemate quiet period that we've had here with Kyler Murray in the Cardinals. Is he going to get extended? Is he going to be there at training camp? What's the play here in your mind? I think if I ran the Cardinals, I'd tow the company line. And, and I'd say, listen, Kyle, you have two years left on your deal. Uh, we know you're talented, yet we still haven't really done anything as an organization from a success standpoint. We've excelled individually at times. We've showcased ability. We've created optimism. But we haven't really won anything because I think – Kyler's the kind of guy that you have to keep him on edge. I just think he's one of those super talented players, but the minute he gets comfortable, that entitlement, that in- immaturity kind of starts to surface, you know, and rise to the top. So I, I, when he's on edge and he feels like he has something to prove, I think that's when you get the best version of Kyler. So, you know, I'd, I'd take the approach, hey, let's get into the season. You know, let's see what you look like, what we look like. And, you know, if it looks right, then we're going to pay you. Mm-hmm. So the thing that... And if that happens, if they don't give him the long-term deal, I'm buying stock in the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm telling you, if the Cardinals give him Dak Prescott money, I'm selling everything Cardinals-related. That does seem to be how things play out, right? As soon as you get secure the bag, mm-hmm. then that's when things go south. But I think that things have already gone pretty south for Kyler. I don't know. Like, I know Mike Florio says if a deal is coming, he thinks it should be... This week, um, otherwise, you know, like you said, we're determining factors at play here. But the thing with me about Kyler is that you just can't count on him for a full season to begin with. This year, look at that schedule. Look at how daunting those opening three weeks are. Versus the Chiefs 
at the Vegas Raiders and against the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Usually the thing with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals is they get off to a really strong start. He's MVP Kyler. Mm -hmm. Everybody's all high on him. And then the injury-prone part of him comes where the second half of the season is when things fall off for him. If they get off to a bad start, and those things start happening. Like, I have no reason to buy in in the Cardinals, in my opinion. I do not feel confident in it at all. I do. I will never bet Kyler Murray MVP tickets ever. <laughs> You're not going to see it. You're just not going to see it happen. He's one of those players for me. I won't do it. Like, I won't touch Christian McCaffrey ever, either. I just won't. Well, I'm not going to argue back with you because I'm kind of in the same boat because I think what the end of last season showed was this offense is as good as DeAndre Hopkins is healthy and available. And well, and he's they, not even going to be they, there for now, the first six Who do they not games? have the first yeah. part of this <laughs> With this schedule is DeAndre Hopkins, but that's why I think I need to have a motivated Kyler that feels like he has something to prove. And in his defense, last year was the first year that he's actually missed games, mm -hmm. but he has been banged up second half of the season and it's impacted his performance because that's a small frame, you know, but it's also a lot of talent in that frame. So we'll see. I think in my opinion, at least this is a prove it year for Kyler as far as like being like a transitional, like elite you know, quarterback. Like, we know he's super talented. Like, he's demonstrated that. But all the other things, the intangibles, the the ability to make the locker room believe in him, the ability when things are going bad in the course of a game, not to have bad body language, not to be so emotionally hijacked. Like, he's a guy, like, he wears, like, disappointment and failure on his face the way well, he walks. Well, that's what I was going to say is you're saying, like, all of these things that he needs to no longer do – but that are staples of his personality right. are like are not things that like were a small portion. That's the majority of what people talk about is the talent and then the struggles with the intangibles because he doesn't have but them there. If, if I was the GM or if I was in the Bidwell family, I would not pay him yet. And I, put I wouldn't yet, either. And I put yet on it, not because I don't want him to get the bag, but I want him to prove to me that he's willing to do what it takes to deserve the bag. And I know is he going to have a Baker Mayfield prove it year? Because we saw yeah, how that went. Yeah, and the difference between Baker and Kyler is Baker has the same mentality. He's just not nearly as talented. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> and I know I mentioned uh, that statement from Mike Florio. I like the way that he put it talking about Kyler's frame because he said they have a quarterback who isn't necessarily injury prone, but given his size, he's more prone to being injured than other quarterbacks. Right, and he gets Which is a good way to up. put it. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you're that small – and guys are banging into you, like it has a greater toll on you mm -hmm. than when the same thing happens to a Josh Allen, mm -hmm. you know, a guy with a bigger, larger, more sturdy frame. You know, it, it's just it's just the human side of it, you know. But uh, I, I want Kyler to prove to this organization that he's not just a talent, but that he's a leader, that he's a face of the organization kind of a, 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 a young man, that he's grown up, that he's mm -hmm. matured. And uh, if he does that, then they're going to give him the bag. I certainly appreciate the sentiment, but because I did bet the Arizona Cardinals to miss the playoffs, I'm not going to be rooting for that. Hey. <laughs> they lost, the Chandler, jo they lost Chandler Jones on defense. DeAndre Hopkins is not available. For some reason, they re-signed A.J. Green. I don't know under this guy. I don't know why. It's like they didn't watch him play last year. No offense to A.J. Green. Great career. But he's on the other side of being on the other side of his prime. The juice on that, though, has gone up like crazy. Even what I bet it at, minus 120, like I wasn't thrilled about the number, but I didn't care because I'll bet my whole bankroll on it. I'm back. I just really don't believe in them. So here's what's interesting. But it's minus 150 now. That's Seattle why I say that. Seattle is going to be bad. 
Yes, they're 18 to 1 in the division for the a reason. The Rams, historically, the team that wins the Super Bowl regresses generally. And who knows if Trey Lance can even play? So it, it, what's what's ironic, the irony in that division is what was such a competitive, you know, elite division last year could really be mediocre at best. For so long, they've been NFC best, right? Mm-hmm. That's been their little calling card. And it's, yeah, the, the things are changing. With the 49ers, I'm super, super curious about what's going to happen with Trey Lance. I was talking to Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations at DraftKings the other day, and he said one of the top um, – Bet getters in the top 10 of players that are pulling money for MVP is Trey Lance at 50 to (laughs) one because they figure the team is going to be good. So if Trey Lance can pull it together and my first comment immediately after he said that was, well, as somebody who watches every single 49ers game, I have no faith in it. I just, we didn't see anything from him in the time that he got on the field last year to lead me to believe that he's going to be something significantly special. Yes, Debo Samuel, if he's happy, he's going to be helping you out because he is a one-man band everything. But how much can one man do? I mean, you could take it a step <laughs> further. I mean. <laughs> I liked Jimmy Garoppolo, though. I'm going to die on that hill. Oh, I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a top half of the league quarterback. Um, I, I'm fascinated that they're willing to risk, you know, Basically, the prime years of, of, of you know, some of their, their best players, you know, with this gamble, because that's what this is. Because it's interesting when you read the articles surrounding the 49ers camp, none of them talk about how well he's throwing the ball, how consistently he's getting the ball to where it needs to go. All you hear is he's uh, mature beyond his years. Who called him immature? Like, no one. No one. Like, can he play quarterback? You know, that's the question. I remember texting Booger Farland, McFarland when they moved up, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, has Lynch gone crazy? Like, He didn't even get to play much in college. Well, he sat out the COVID year. The year before, he threw 28 touchdowns, no picks. But North Dakota State was was a lot better than the teams they were playing. Then in the, uh, and it's still in the, in the, in the championship game versus uh, Nooch from uh, Dallas, uh, <laughs> I think he threw the ball like he had like five or six pass attempts. Like it basically was, you know, we're running the triple option with, with Lance as the lead runner. So, you know, I just have really, I have real concerns about his ability to consistently throw the football, especially in 2022. And uh, we'll see. I mean, he's going to get a chance to prove me wrong and um, John Lynch right. But but I think this is a dangerous game that San Francisco's playing because the roster is so good in so many other areas. And everybody likes to talk about how Jimmy Garoppolo is so terrible. And, yes, there are certain instances, like I remember that one pass to Kyle Juszczyk that he throws right over his head, and you're just like, how is that humanly possible for you to do that? But at the same point, how many times has he gotten them to the NFC Championship? Yeah, and I think the thing with Jimmy's the injuries, because he doesn't have a great arm, but there's a lot of guys in the NFL don't have great arms. But for, for, he does it's, enough. It's the, it's he's the a manager. injuries. Like he's injured more than Kyler Murray. Like where he actually misses significant time. So you know where he's at contractually and what it take to extend him. I think was the concern that San Francisco has. We can't invest this kind of capital into a guy that's proven to be incapable of staying healthy. I, I am very optimistic for the 49ers season. I'm not betting plus 150 for them to win the division either. Uh, more follow the money coming up. Keep hanging out with me, Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast. 
designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. You can subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Rolling along here from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. Follow the money, Stormy Bonantoni, and the Super Bowl champ, Sean King. We started the hour talking all things college football, so we might as well end the hour doing the same. SEC media days underway from Atlanta right now. And, Sean, it's it's talking season, right? Right. Everybody's very optimistic. Yeah, they are. Everybody's got big ideas for the future of college football, what it needs, whether it be scheduling, making the game different, making the game better, what have you. And Nick Saban, our guy, Alabama head coach, at the forefront of it all with some ideas that he is sharing. If attendance goes down, then how does that impact us in a positive way? So to play quality games is the most important thing. All right, but our rules don't enhance us playing quality games because you gotta win, have a winning record to get in the bowl game. Why don't we do it like basketball? Have some rating system that even if you went five and seven, but you played a really good schedule and you beat some pretty good teams, you could go to a bowl game rather than trying to create a schedule where you play four teams that you know you're going to beat, and if I can just win two other games, I'll be bowl eligible. And that's important to my program. And it's important to me keeping my job. All right, so, but how about the fans? Do they want to go see these games? So, you know, it was... I don't know how many years ago, six, eight years ago, I said, why don't we play nine games in the SEC? All right, now they want, they're talking about playing nine in the future. I'm saying, why don't we play ten? There are some interesting points there. I, uh, I saw a lot of the social media response to it was like, oh, so the BCS with the computers. <laughs> the frank- <laughs> well, I think system. you'd have to expand the playoff to start with, but I agree with Nick 100%. I mean, the Super Bowl champion only one time in the history of NFL has been undefeated. That was the Dolphins. They like a cigar every year that, you know, someone, you know, loses a game. But you put so much pressure on these colleges to not test themselves in their non-conference schedule because they're afraid to take a loss that maybe they can't overcome. So uh, I I agree with Nick 100%. I want teams to be willing to compete at the highest levels. I want to see the crossover big-name schools play. So, you know, hopefully we get that in college football. Absolutely. And we will continue this conversation with Tony Barnhart, who's on the line with us, SEC Network broadcaster, writer at Mr. College Football, Mr. CFB on Twitter. Welcome in, Tony. What, what did you make of Nick Saban's comments? Uh, I, Nick Saban and I have had this uh, conversation many, many times. And he is the one, he was the first guy to step out there and say, hey, let's play nine conference games. And I think everybody learned during the COVID season, when the SEC played 10 conference games, a 10-game conference schedule, everybody said, you know, this is really cool. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying all the coaches said that, but uh, look, the the people that run college football are getting two sets of pressures. One is from their fan base who are telling them, we are tired of watching and paying for these cupcakes. Okay, I'm not going to invest my money and invest a whole day driving – three hours to campus to watch you play Western Carolina. All due respect to the Catamounts. I wouldn't, we're just not going to do it. So that's, that's number one. Number two, the television partners have basically told uh, the folks, said, look, you want a lot more money for these rights in the future. 
well, here's what you got to do. You got to give us a better inventory of games, not only more conference games, but play, play somebody that's good non-conference. And I think, I think they've addressed that. And but, so the coaches have said, okay, you want to upgrade the schedule? That's fine. But tell me what the playoff looks like to me, to me guys, the playoff is what determines how all of this is going to get configured. Because if you go to a 12 team playoff, then you can afford to open up the schedule and you can get in with two losses. If you stay at four, I don't know that you can commit to a nine game conference schedule. We'll see. Well, when we look at the sec specifically, the top of the conference, we know Alabama, Georgia, but it seems like the disparity that drop off from those top two teams to the Texas A&M, Florida, Tennessee's of the world. It feels bigger to me on paper this year than years past. How do you view the conference this year? I totally agree. Think of it this way. Take Alabama and Georgia and put them off to the side. Now take Vanderbilt and put them off to the side at the bottom of the league. Uh, Those 13 teams are going to be as balanced as they've ever been. Anybody could finish second. But you are right. The gap between Georgia and Alabama, because they've recruited at a national championship level, Saban has been doing it for six or seven years. Georgia's been doing it for four or five years. They have more talent and more depth of talent than any of those teams that we just uh, mentioned. So, yeah, I, I don't see how Georgia and Alabama will play for the SEC championship on December 3rd in Atlanta. You know, Tony, it's interesting because I actually have Kentucky winning the SEC East. I love the quarterback, Will Levis. I was kind of going back and forth between Kentucky and Tennessee. I ultimately chose Kentucky because I think, you know, Coach Stoops has just more experience and and a longer resume in the SEC than Josh Heupel, who's only going into year two. And the reason for it was this, and I want to get your opinion on it. As good as Georgia was last year and as great a job as Kirby Smart has done getting this program back to where they deserve to be, this is the first time that he's put 15 guys into the NFL draft and had a lot of staff turnover. Now, Nick has proven in Tuscaloosa, doesn't matter who the coaches are, doesn't matter how many elite guys we lose in the NFL, we never regress or take any steps back. It's the first time George has been in this situation. Could we potentially see a slight regression? And I ultimately went with Kentucky because I thought they were super competitive in Athens last year for the majority of that game. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly possible that Georgia could take a step back. I, I, what I would say is they'll take a step back, but it won't it won't matter. Uh, I'm a big fan of what Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky. First of all, you're talking about a, this is his 10th year at Kentucky. No coach has ever stayed at Kentucky for 10 years. And here's the other thing. Kentucky, in its long football history that goes back to the 1890s, they only won 10 games in a season four times. Mark Stoops has two of those seasons in the last five years. So I, I think he has done a tremendous job, and that's a team you got to look out for. I just think that Georgia's, with all those losses you talk about, and that's all true, I just think they've recruited well enough. And if you look at the Georgia schedule after Oregon, it sets up pretty nicely. It does. We have Tony Barnhart here, SEC Network writer and broadcaster. When, when you look at this conference, so everybody knows about Alabama and Georgia. We've already mentioned Kentucky and Tennessee. Yet Lane Kiffin is in Oxford. Mike Leach is in Stark Vegas. You know, uh, South Carolina brought in Spencer Rattler, a kid going into last year. A lot of people had pegged to win the Heisman, like new blood in in, in Gainesville, Anthony Richardson, Townsend. Who, what's the other team 
that no one's talking about that's going to surprise a lot of people in this conference? Uh, I like what Sam Pittman's doing at Arkansas. I really do. Uh, what he's going to do with KJ, what they have done with KJ Jefferson, they have made him into an elite uh, SEC quarterback. The people in Arkansas just love Pittman and what he has done. He, I mean, I say, hey, this is our guy. We finally got our guy at Arkansas. So I think that's a team you better keep, you better keep an eye on, and Texas A&M better keep an eye on because uh, I think Arkansas is good enough to finish second in the West. If they get a couple of breaks. It's going to be fascinating what happens there, too, because I think Sam Pittman's done an unbelievable job coming from Kirby Smart's staff at, at Georgia. To me, they're at the top of can the transfer portal really supplement your roster from year to year because they're going to be yep. dependent upon a lot of transfers to step in and, and, and maintain the same level that that unit and those units had last year. Can they get it done, Tony? Oh, they can get it done. And, and that's the, the, the challenge now. Listen, Coaches, you'll hear coaches complain because that's what coaches do. But the fact of the matter is they've got more opportunity now to supplement their roster, to improve their roster. They got they got two national signing days. If you don't if you don't get it done in December, you got a shot in February. If you don't get it done in February, you got a shot to go to the transfer portal and spot recruit uh, guys that you need for specific positions. So I, I just like what I just like what they've done at Arkansas and. Everybody is on the same page there. And oh, by the way, Kendall Browles on the offense, Barry Odom on the defense, those guys have, are phenomenal coaches, and you can tell when you watch them play. Tony, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Okay, you bet. That's Tony Barnhart doing great work for the SEC Network as a writer, broadcaster, and I love, I, I lit up like a Christmas tree <laughs> when he said, Arkansas, <laughs> I adore this team. I got to cover them in the Outback Bowl this past bowl season when they beat Penn State, and it was so fun to see the belief that all of those players have in him. KJ Jefferson shine. I am so looking forward to seeing what the Arkansas Razorbacks can do this year. Win total seven and a half. I like that over. I really do. Uh, more follow the money coming up as we start hour three. We will get to that NBA conversation that I promised you right away. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. 
Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.